Go ahead and make your way back to your seats. We're going to get started. Just want to be honest with you. Uh, this morning, I'm a little bit uh, sore and my voice is a little bit uh, rough. I had the opportunity to go to the daddy-daughter dance last night, and uh, as a result of singing and doing the Dougie, I'm a little uh, rough this morning, but it was a good time. Is that? Oh, boy. You don't want me to do that. Hager can do it really well, so ask him after the gathering, and he'll show you how to do it. Hey, if you're a guest with us this morning, welcome. My name is Blake Hilgenfeld, one of the pastors here, and we are very grateful and thankful that you're here with us this morning. We are continuing in our series uh, called In Christ, and we're looking at Colossians chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with there, uh, there with me, Colossians chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. There's one under the seat in front of you. The verses will eventually be on the screen as well. Uh, and listen, if you don't have a Bible, we would love for you to take one home with you after the gathering. It's a gift from us to you. We want you to have uh, the Word of God. So please, please, please take one home with you uh, after the gathering. Um, and then uh, one, one more thing, like uh, I, what I want us to do, we are going to be focusing on one verse this morning, verse 11. But like we did last week, I want us to read the first four verses of chapter three so that we can be reminded and keep them connected to our verse this morning. Because as I kind of talked about last week, uh, it, it flows together. So the first four verses tell us of our true identity now that's found in Christ. We have this new life. And so from that point on, it's working itself down into uh, how we are to put off our old self, which we looked at last week. And this morning, we're gonna look at how being in Christ actually forms a whole brand new community of people, okay? So let's start reading in verse one. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also appear with him in glory. Verse 11. Here. Here in Christ. There is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Let's pray. Father, my prayer for us this morning is that we would be a people who love what you love. For your love ignores all the things the world uses to exclude and classify human beings. You do not love based on the color of skin or nationality or gender. But your love breaks down all racial, ethnic, cultural, and gender walls and barriers. For your love is based on unmerited grace. Not racial or ethnic or gender superiority. So, Father, we ask for your grace this morning to make us into a people who love what you love. That you'd make us to be a humble people who reflect your love by putting to death any pride, any thought of superiority, based on the color of our skin or nationality or language or gender, and that you would make us into this beautiful picture of what the body of Christ truly is, a colorful picture of your redeemed. That we would love what you love. 
by welcoming, embracing, caring for each other, brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of what we look like, where we come from, or how we talk. May we be one, Father. As we are one with you through your Son, make us one. Make us reflect and live and love like you love. In Jesus' name, amen. During our last members meeting that we had a couple weeks ago, I asked this question. I asked, what do you want God to do this coming year? And one person said, I want God to make us into a more diverse community of believers. Do you desire this? Is this what you want? You see, I love this desire because it's God's desire. It flows from the very heart and purposes of God. Because God's desire and plan and purpose is to bring together a new people from every tribe, language, people, and nation and make them one in Christ. That's his plan. That's his purpose. That's his desire. And we see this plan, we see this beautiful picture displayed in Revelation chapter 5. Now try and picture all of this as you hear this read. Try to picture this in, the, in your mind as you hear these words. Picture a multitude, a countless number of people of every skin color, every nation, every language, every culture, every gender, rich, poor, young, old, and they were standing before the throne of King Jesus. And as a community, as a new family, as the people of God, they are saying and they are singing these words. Revelation chapter five, worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. This picture, guys, this reality is what Christ purchased through his death on the cross. By his blood, shed on the cross, he ransomed a people for God from every nation, every race, every tongue, and every tribe. And right now, Today, this morning, he's breaking down all cultural, all racial, all ethnic, all socioeconomic, all gender differences and walls and barriers, and he's creating a new people. He's creating a new humanity. He's creating this people of God who are united together as one and united by one thing, and that is Jesus Christ. Guys, right now today, through the worldwide preaching of the gospel, people from all nations, races, tongues, tribes, the highs and the lows, the nears and the fars, they are hearing the gospel, they are believing the gospel, and as a result of believing and receiving the gospel, we are being united together as one family, one community. You see very carefully, listen to this. God's plan of redemption isn't just to create new individuals in Christ. God's plan of redemption is to create a new people 
United to Christ, united together as one family, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, regardless of socioeconomic status. That is exactly what Paul is saying in verse 11. He says, here, here in Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, synthesis, slave, free, but Christ is all and he is in all. Paul says in Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female. Why? Because we are all one in Christ Jesus. My friends, let us just stop for a moment. Let us stop. And let us look around the room. Here, Paul says, here in the church, here in the new humanity, here in Christ, there are no more barriers. There are no more prejudices. There should be no more stereotypes where cultural and racial and ethnic differences cause division outside these walls, here in the new humanity, here in the body of Christ, here in Christ, all things that cause division outside these walls must be put to death. Why? Because the gospel of union with Christ demands them to be put to death. For we are all now brothers and sisters in Christ, for whom Christ died, regardless of the color of skin, or where you're from, or what language you speak, or what gender you have, it does not matter. We are all one in Christ. And the Christ who lives in us by faith is the Christ who unites us all together as one community, as one family. We are the colorful community of the redeemed. That's who we are. United together, united as one, united with equal value, equal value. Why? Because we're all united to the one who has supreme value and he gives us all equal value. If Christ is in you, Paul says, if Christ is in me, regardless of the color of skin or where you're from or what, langu what language you speak, we are all the same. We all have equal value. And so, therefore, what that actually means for us is that there is no one in this place, in the body of Christ, in Christ, that is a greater value based on the color of your skin or where you're from or what education you have or how much wealth you have. Christ makes us all equal in him because of who he is and not who we are. And all the things now, guys, listen very carefully. All the things that we used to look to for security and significance and all the things that we used to look to and find ourselves still struggling and possibly still doing that we look to for superiority and to, look, uh, to make ourselves look greater than other people, we're Jews, we're Greeks, we're free, we're Hispanics, we're Latinos, we're Chinese, we're Americans, we're rich, we're smart, we're cool, we're lambdas, we're tridelts, we're crew, we're BCM, we're inner varsity. These do not make us superior. 
culture, race, ethnicity, gender, social status, groups of people that we belong to are not where we find our value now, guys. Okay? They are not what give us true security and significance. But Paul says Christ is all, which means he's everything, which means he is now what gives us the value, significance, and security that we need and that we have. Not our gender, not our race, not our ethnicity. They're not welcomed here, guys. This is what gives us the power. This picture, this truth, gives us the power to make sure that in the body of Christ, any racial, cultural, ethnic divisions that we have that may cause division outside these walls, they have no place in this room. They are not welcomed in Christ. Are we clear? Is there not a more pressing message, though, we need to hear, right, and see? and love, and live than this message. In our own backyard, guys, right? In our own community. We see racial and we see ethnic differences that cause division. We see hatred and we see prejudice towards people in this city simply because of the color of their skin or where they are from or what they may look like. And many of us find ourselves ignoring and like it doesn't even happen. It's happening. It's real. It happens every day to brothers and sisters in Christ in this church who are looked down upon and treated differently simply because of the color of their skin or where they're from or what, how, they, how they talk. And many of us remain silent. And in our silence, what we actually do is we actually perpetuate the hatred and the prejudice because we feel like it doesn't really happen. Because it may not happen to you, but it's happening all over the place. And if we're honest with ourselves, many of us find ourselves not wanting certain types of people in this city, in this country, in this church, and in our lives. Why? Well, if you look deep down, maybe it's because we feel like we're more superior than the barbarian, which simply means someone who doesn't speak our language. Or maybe we feel like we're superior in the Scythian, which simply means someone who's foreign to our culture. Or maybe we feel like we're more superior than those who have less than us, less education, less wealth, less social status. We look down upon them. Or maybe we feel like we're superior because we're male or female. Let me ask you this question and let us be really, really, really honest with ourselves. What makes us superior? Is it really the color of our skin? Is it really because the country that we're from? Is it really because the language that we speak? Is it because we're well educated? Listen very carefully. The gospel of Jesus Christ tells us that there's absolutely nothing superior about us. There is nothing superior about me being a white male. 
There's nothing superior about me being raised, born and raised in Norman, Oklahoma in the United States, and there's nothing special about my language or the amount of education I have because listen very carefully, none of it, none of it has anything to do with the grace that God has shown me in Christ. And none of it has anything to do with the grace that God has shown you in Christ. For listen very carefully, did God unite us to Christ by faith because of the color of our skin? Or where we're from? Or where we, we may live? Or the language that we speak? Or that because we're male or female? Absolutely not. Praise be to God that the gospel ignores all those things. It ignores all the things that we as human beings use to exclude and stereotype and look down upon another human being. And if the gospel ignores this, so should we. Amen? So should we. Because listen very carefully. If we treat others less than us because of any of these things, if we think that we're more superior than anyone else because of the color of our skin or the language we speak or where we're from or how much education or wealth that we have, it's anti-gospel. It's anti-Christ. Anyone who want to be anti-Christ? As a result of this, it has no room in the body of Christ. Look around you. Look around you again. What do you see? You see all colors of skin. You see Africans, Hispanics, Latinos, Americans. You see rich and poor. You see young and old. You see all social statuses. But guys, look deeper. Look deeper. Look past all the things that we use to exclude or to think that we're superior than other people. Look past all of those things and what do you see? You see Christ. You see Christ. For Christ is all and in all. Paul says in verse 12, what you see when you look around this room, you see one of God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, because Christ lives and dwells within us. We are united to him. Therefore, we all have equal value. Therefore, how should we treat each other? Verse 12, we put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with each other's differences. We forgive each other as Christ has forgiven us. We love one another, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Here in Christ, guys, we are one. That's who we are. Let us be that. Amen? Now, next week, we're going to look more deeply at what this looks like in regards to this new community living. All right? So if we are a new community in Christ, Paul lays out in verse 12 and beyond of how we actually are to live. How are we to live in humility with one another? How are we to put on compassion? How are we to bear each other's differences? How are we to forgive as Christ has forgiven us? How are we to love one another as Christ is loving us? Next week, we're going to dive deeper into that. But this morning, how do we actually live in community together? What, what does that actually look like? And I'm going to call it this. 
I'm going to call it the discipline or the practice of being all in. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean it's the discipline of practice of being all in and living in community as one family. What does that look like here at Providence Road? College students, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to kind of sing you out just for a moment because I love you. One of the things that you will deeply, deeply regret in your time as a college student is if you do not commit yourself to one church, one community of believers, and one family because you're not called to date the church. You're not called to church hop and t- church shop for your entire college community life. You are saved by the blood of Jesus into the church. So you now belong to a people called the church. So settle down and marry her. All right? Marry her. You are valuable to the life of this community, and we want to live in community with you. That's why we pushed you to missional communities made up of zero and 80-year-olds. We only have maybe one 80-year-old in here. That's my grandma, hey? Because the church, listen very carefully, the church is not your community made up of only your peers, all right? The church is made up of everyone who's in Christ. So be all in, in community here at Providence Road. Find a place to serve the family on Sundays. And the way in which you can find those opportunities is to go back to the Connect area. You can go to our website. I encourage you to get in kids because I'm now overseeing kids. So this little, little plug there. Serve the kiddos. Serve the families. Get connected to a missional community. You find those opportunities on the website. Membership. College students become members, covenant members of this church. Commit your life to serve this body because it's what you're saved into. And this really goes for all of us, not just college students, all of us. We are called to live in community together as one family. And we cannot be fully known and cared for and loved in this place, in this time, it isn't sufficient. And that's why we call all of us into missional communities, as smaller groups of people, displaying this beautiful picture of the body of Christ. Rich and old, young and poor, Hispanics, African, Chinese, Latinos, living as family, sharing meals together, caring for one another, praying for each other, hearing each other's stories, and growing and fighting to make Christ our all. May we live and be all in in community here. Because, guys, it starts with us. It starts with us. Going back to that that question, what do we want to see God do this coming year? Answer, we want God to make us into a more diverse community of believers. Well, how is he going to do that? It starts here. It starts with us tearing down the walls that may divide outside here. They have no room here. And the way in which we start to really do that is to begin to live in community together, to know each other, to love each other, to care for one another. And we can do that in this place too. We can reach out and welcome and talk to people who may not look like us. Don't just associate with people who look like you. Branch out because we are the body of Christ. 
Talk with someone. Get to know someone who may not look like you, who may have differences. It starts right here. Because listen very carefully. If we don't start here, then we will not see the fruit of God making us into a more diverse community of believers. It starts right here. And if we start here, then we can actually go out and we can display the gospel as we go out and demonstrate with our lives how the gospel breaks down all ethnic and cultural and racial divisions outside these walls. We can go out and display it because we started looking within ourselves. Starting next week, as you heard Vicki talk about, we're going to have leaders from different nonprofits, guys, come in and they're going to tell us about their, uh, their nonprofits that they serve. And we're going we're gonna to hear of different opportunities that we have through the 405 Center, opportunities and privilege and mandate due to the gospel to go out and display the love of Christ in this city. A love, guys, that ignores all the things the world uses to exclude and classify and bring down others. A love that's not conditional based on the color of your skin or where you're from, but the love of Christ that breaks down all racial and cultural and ethnic and gender differences by saying to all people, I welcomed you and I accept you and I love you as Christ has loved and welcomed and accepted me. This is what we're called to display. If we are Christians, we are display the love of Christ in which we've received. We display it among us and outside of us. Because listen very carefully. I'm going to close with this. The way in which we respond will determine whether or not Jesus will get glory or not. So the glory of Christ is at stake, guys. So this is a big deal. Because our response is either going to rob Christ of his glory or it's going to display and magnify his glory. So in other words, if we refuse to live in light of the gospel of Christ, we will, we will not display Christ to one another, and the world will not see who Christ really is. But if we see Jesus, if we capture this vision and this picture of what Jesus came to do, and what he accomplished through his life, death, and resurrection, of redeeming a people for himself from all nation, tongues, and tribes, and uniting them together as one, and we begin to display that to one another, then we can go out and display it, and Christ will be seen as the great King and Savior that he is. It's all dependent in many ways due to his people, the body of Christ, loving and displaying the gospel among us and us going and displaying it outside of us. And the way in which we do that or the, or the extent to which we do that determines the glory of Christ. You see that? So we've got a response. Are we going to display the gospel among us and go and display it outside of us? What picture are we going to paint, guys? This is what I want us to do. For the next few moments, minutes, I want to enter into a time of response through corporate prayer. We've done this in the past, and so let me just explain how we're going to do it if you haven't experienced this corporate kind of time of prayer that we've done in the past. What I want us to do, this is going to be a little bit uh, awkward for some, but I don't really care. 
what we're going to do is we're going to enter into a, a time of corporate prayer. So what that means is, is if, if you feel the Spirit of God placing something upon your heart that you need to pray for, I want you to stand up and I want you to pray. I want you to be bold. I want you to say it loud. You won't have a mic, but it's okay. You can speak loudly, all right? Be bold. And what we're going to pray for is this. Maybe if we look deeper than ourselves, there's some things that we need to confess and repent of. If we look deep within our hearts, we find ourselves, all of us, no matter who you are, looking to these external things that we talk about, racial, ethnic, gender, socioeconomics, what a person may simply look like physically, and we look down upon it due to those external things. And we need to repent of it. We need to confess it. And some of this, guys, is like, I mean, it is deep, deep, deep stuff over the course of the American history that we need to repent of. And that we need to become the people that God is calling us to be. What do you want God to do in this city this coming year? Do you want him to continue through us to break down all cultural and racial ethnic barriers and walls outside of this church? You want him to do that? Amen? It starts with us. And we ask him to move among us, humble us, create a people who love one another well, regardless of what we look like. We're all valuable and one in Christ. Let's pray the end. Amen? Can we do that? All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. We're going to do it as a family, community. We can do this together. Amen? We can do it. If you feel led to pray, I want you to stand up and I want you to pray loud, boldly. And I'm going to close our time in the prayer and we'll move into the Lord's Supper. Okay? Let's go.